So welcome back to More Than Bread. I'm Dan, your host for this podcast. I'm your Bible reader and your tour guide. Although more than anything, I'm hoping that for each person taking the time to listen to these episodes, man, I hope you, me, all of us, that, that more and more these words become our home. Not just a place we visit, not a place where tour guides are needed, but where we can begin to host others in our word home, at our tables, feasting on the word, helping them to listen to, learn from, and lean on the word of God. This is episode number 142, and we are diving, re-diving, diving again into the rich, rich food of God's word in Psalm 119. Now, this is Psalm 119 part two, because because Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and there's just no way we could do it in one episode. I probably should have done it in three, but we're actually going to finish it here, which means that there's a lot of Scripture reading, right? I could barely read the whole thing in just one episode. So there's a lot of Scripture reading in this episode. And and, and if we're not careful, there's a part of the thing, well, you know, I'd like more explanation. I'd like more stories. I'd like more words from you, Dan. But the reality is, if you let it, the words that I speak that are words of Scripture are the most important words of all. So even before we go any further, I'm just going to pray a quick prayer and just say, Spirit of God, would you take the Word of God, Psalm 119, the the last two-thirds of Psalm 119 today, and would you take at least a portion of that, a piece of that, and just saturate our souls with it, drive it deep into our hearts and our, our minds, let it stick, let us listen to, learn from, and lean on, lean on your words. Now, I, I, I said this last time, um, if, if it wasn't so stinking long, Psalm 119 would be the theme chapter of More Than Bread, because it is a deep dive into an almost never-ending feast of words about God's Word. Psalm 119 is an ode to God's Word. It's a love song to divine instruction, a heartfelt celebration of the psalmist's deep devotion and unwavering commitment to the ways of God laid out in the Word of God. It's 176 verses, and and it's not just long. It's a carefully crafted acrostic poem. It goes through the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, 22 stanzas, one for each letter, and, and each of the eight verses within each stanza begins with the same Hebrew letter named in its heading. It's a bit creative. So we're going to start where we left off in the last episode. Start with Psalm 119, verse 57. I'm going to read from the New International Version. And like I said last time, if you have a pen and paper, just start writing down the words, the descriptions of the word, of what God does through his word. Write down the ones that grab your heart. And if you don't have a pen and paper... And just let one or two grab hold. Keep it there. Hang on to it. Don't forget it just because I read other words. So the next letter in the Hebrew uh, alphabet is, is the letter nth, and it starts in verse 57. And here's what it says. You are my portion, Lord. Portion means you're my inheritance. You're, you're what I'm going after. You're what makes my life go. You are my portion, Lord. I've promised to obey your words. I've sought your face with all my heart. Sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I've considered my ways and and I've turned my steps to match up with your statutes. 
I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. Let me go back a minute. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. You know, that's that's one of our problems. We have this obedience gap. We, we have this gap of time between hearing the word of God, listening to the word of God, and doing the word of God. The psalmist says, I'm, I'm not going to delay. I'm going to hasten. At midnight, verse 62, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I'm a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. We could pause there for the rest of the day and just let those seven verses ask us questions. For example, ask yourself, have I promised to obey his words? I'm not asking, are you perfectly obeying his words? None of us do that. Just have you promised? Have you made a commitment? Is there a mindset? Is there in your life an ongoing assumption of surrender to his ways? Do I seek his face with all my heart? Man, that's such an important question and so vital if seeking with all my heart is the only way of seeking that brings a guarantee that I'll find his face. Do I consider my ways in light of his words? The, the next Hebrew letter is the word teth, starting in verse 65. It says, do good to your servant according to your word, Lord. Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your commands. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good and what you do is good. Let me say that again. You are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I keep your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are callous and unfeeling, but I delight in your law. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Isn't that interesting, verse 71, that in in the course of affliction, in, in in the furnace of affliction, we learn the decrees of the Lord. Verse 72, the law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. You are good, he says, and what you do is good. I want to be good like you. I delight in your law. It's more precious. We'll come back to this. It's more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Hebrew letter Yoth is next, verse 73. God, your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I've put my hope in your word. We hear that one a lot. My words, I've put my hope in your word. I've put my hope in your word. I've put my hope in your word over and over again in Psalm 119. Verse 75, I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. Let your compassion come to me that I might live for your law is my delight. May the arrogant be put to shame for wronging me without cause, but I will meditate on your precepts. May those who fear you turn to me, those who understand your statutes. May I wholeheartedly follow your decrees that I may not be put to shame. I love how the the psalmist has all these different words for the word of God, precepts and statutes and decrees and commands that the word of God comes to us. I I put my hope in your word, he says in verse 74. I, I delight in your law. I wholeheartedly follow your ways. This is more about the, the whole heart, the full heart. The words of God and the ways of God are about the heart, the mind, and, and the will. The, the Hebrew word for heart recognizes all three. Next letter is kaf, starting in verse 81. The psalmist writes, My soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your word. And again, my words, 
How often do you keep hearing that? Hope in your word. Hope in the word of God. Hope in his word. Verse 82, my eyes fail looking for your promise. I say, when will you comfort me? Though I'm like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget your decrees. How long must your servant wait? When will you punish my persecutors? The arrogant dig trap, dig pits to trap me contrary to your law. All your commands are trustworthy. Help me from being persecuted without cause. They almost wiped me from the earth, but I have not forgotten. I have not forsaken your precepts. In your unfailing love, preserve my life that I may obey the statutes of your mouth. And it's it's just interesting to me how the psalmist keeps finding different ways to connect and describe hope in God's word, his promises, comfort, and unfailing love. It's like hope, comfort, and love. All three of these are connected. Lamed is the next letter, verse 89. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I've sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will, meanwhile, I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. The psalmist says, your your word is eternal. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. It stands firm. It endures. Listen, God's word is not a fly-by-night trend. It, It has endured, and it will endure. Listening to, learning from, and leaning on the word will never be a waste of time. It's eternal. Mem is the next Hebrew letter, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statues. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I've kept my foot from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I've not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. What did I say earlier? This is a this is like a love song to scripture. How sweet are your precepts? I meditate on them all day long. I love your law. <laughs> I love your law. The next Hebrew letter is Nun, verse 105. One of my favorite verses. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I've suffered much, preserved my life according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your your statutes are my heritage forever. They're the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Verse 105, that first one was one of the very first scriptures I ever memorized. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I mean, think about the depth of that, all that it means or could mean. The word shines light in the darkest moments of life and takes away my fear. Anxiety grows in the uncertainty of darkness. The word lights my world. Confusion reigns supreme in times of darkness, but the word helps me see the path. And I'm in no way belittling the 
the, the reality, the darkness of anxiety and fear and despair or evil. I'm simply asking, what if there is a light? What if his word is our light? The next Hebrew letter is the letter Samach. Samach starts in verse 113. I hate double-minded people, but I love your law. You are my refuge and my shield. I've put my hope in your word. Away from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commands of my God. Sustain me, my God, according to your promise. And, And you realize that promises are part of the word also. These are my words. Promises are part of the world, not just decrees and laws and commands and statutes, but promises. Do not let my hopes be dashed, the psalmist says. Verse 17, uphold me and I will be delivered. I will always have regard for your decrees. You reject all who stray from your decrees for their delusions come to nothing. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your statutes. My flesh trembles. I stand in awe of your laws. I stand in awe of your laws. Be be honest. Doesn't that sound just a a bit extreme? Like it's just poetic license. You know, in our day, we sometimes feel pretty good about ourselves if we tolerate the laws of God, if we can explain away the laws of God. God, help us stand in awe of your wisdom and your ways. The next Hebrew letter is Ayan. Verse 121, I have done what is righteous and just. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servants' well-being. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. Deal with me. Deal with your servant according to your love and teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. It's time for you to act, Lord, for your law is being broken. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold. We heard something similar earlier. I love your commands more than gold. I love them more than pure gold. And because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. More than gold, I love your laws. The next Hebrew letter is pay. Starting in verse 129, your statutes are wonderful. Therefore, I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. There's that light theme again, right? It gives understanding to the simple. Verse 31, I I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. In other words, they're like the air I breathe. Turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine on your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed. Let no sin rule over me, the psalmist says. Streams of tears flow from my eyes when your law is not obeyed. Redeem me from oppression. Why? So I can live a life of privilege? No. Redeem me from oppression so I can obey your ways. The next Hebrew letter is Tzada, verse 137. It says, you are righteous, Lord. Your laws are right. The statues you've laid down are righteous. They're full, fully trustworthy. My zeal wears me out, for my enemies ignore your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loves them. Though I'm lowly and despised, I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is everlasting, and your law is true. Trouble and distress have come upon me, but your commands give me delight. Your statutes are always righteous. Give me understanding that I may live. Your promises have been thoroughly tested, the psalmist says, 
fully vetted. The next Hebrew letter is kof. I will call with all my heart. Answer me, Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I call out to you, save me, and I will keep your statutes. I rise before dawn and cry for help. Hear hear the words again. I've put my hope in your word. I've put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night, verse 148, that I may meditate on your promises. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your laws. Those who devise wicked schemes are near, but they are far from your law. Yet you are near, Lord, and all your commands are true. Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them to last forever. And I I love verse 148. I want to stay awake in the wee hours of the night so I can think about your promises. God, keep me awake. I'm not going to take a pill to make me go to sleep. I want to stay awake in the wee hours of the night so I can think more about your promises. The next Hebrew letter is Resh, verse 153. Look on my suffering and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law. Defend my cause and redeem me. Preserve my life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked because they do not seek out your decrees. Your compassion, Lord, is great. Preserve my life according to your laws. Many are the foes who persecute me, but I have not turned from your statues. I look on the faithless with loathing, for they do not obey your words. See how I love your precepts. Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. All your words are true. All your laws are eternal. All your words, he says, are true. All your laws are eternal. I wonder which part of all do we not understand? Sin and shin are the next is the next uh, Hebrew letters. It starts in verse 161. Rulers persecute me without cause, God, but my heart trembles at your word. I rejoice in your promise like one who finds great spoil. I, I hate and detest falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous laws. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. I wait for your salvation, Lord, and I follow your commands. I obey your statutes, for I love them greatly. I obey your precepts and your statutes, for all my ways are known to you. I like that that picture. My heart trembles at your word. Not, not trembles out of fear, but trembles like someone who's just found great treasure. Uh, the last section, the last letter is ta. Starting in verse 169, the psalmist says, May my cry come before you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I've chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your law gives me delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and my may your laws sustain me. I've strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. You know, as we close, if you have a penny in your pocket or sitting around you somewhere, grab it. And if not, just imagine it. And, and now just imagine this. What, what if I gave you a penny? How would you feel? I mean, you would feel extremely grateful, right? I mean, if you think about it, it's a life-changing gift. That penny is a life-changing gift. And and I just I want to let you know that if you hang out with me, there's more like it. I, I have hundreds of pennies, and I know where to get more. <laughs> now, doesn't that just motivate you to hang out with me? Probably not. 
I mean, a penny is not very motivating. Sometimes a dollar isn't very motivating. That's why when somebody wants to really spur someone else on, they use bigger incentives. For example, in 1919, a French hotel owner in New York City named Raymond Ortigue created the $25,000 Ortigue Prize for the first nonstop flight across the Atlantic. Eight years later, on May 20 to 21, Charles A. Lindbergh received the prize. The Defense Department once offered a million dollars for the first vehicle able to guide itself at high speeds across the Nevada desert in a race. In the first race, the team out of Carnegie Mellon University did the best. They went seven miles before destruction. So what's the point? Psalm 1972, the words of your mouth are better to me than thousands of shekels of gold and silver. See, here's my prayer. My prayer is that we would be drawn to the words of God, that we would develop a hunger to hang out with Jesus and listen to the whisper of his spirit through our hearts and out our ears. My goal is that we would go back to this book again and again in search of gold, that our incentive would be the precious gold of God birth healing in our hearts and changing of our minds and renewing, reviving of our spirits and our souls. That's my goal, not just for you, but for me. But my concern is that sometimes we, we treat the words of God like a dirty, worthless copper penny. I mean, we'll take it if somebody gives it to us, but I'm not going to exert much energy. I might not even pick it up off the ground. If you walk away from this episode, in fact, the last two episodes with anything, don't miss the deep, deep love, reverence, and devotion the psalmist has for the Word of God and the ways of God. Rather than looking for loopholes to escape them, he's looking for ways to dive deep into their embrace. The word guides and instructs and revives our souls. It's a lamp and a light of greater value than, than much gold. So we should immerse ourselves in Scripture and meditate on it and memorize it, hide it in our hearts, lean from it and learn from it and lean on it, revere, respect, and be devoted to it. But in so many ways, it, it will not bug us. It will not compete with the hustle, noise, and distractions. If you ignore it often enough, you, you will soon easily forget it. And clutter, anxiety, foolishness, and the relentless demands of the world will soon fill you and shape you. So again, similar to my last episode, my question as we close is simply this. It's not so much are you in the Word as it is, is the Word in you? Is it in you often enough and deep enough that the Spirit of God can breathe life into your soul through the Word of God? How much time do you give the Word? How much time do you give not just listening to it and learning from it, but leaning on it, doing it? I mean, could you be accused of being in love with the Word? What would it look like and what would it take to be more in love with the Word of God at the end of this year than you were in the beginning? Let me pray for you. Father, I know I've gone a little bit long, but I pray with everything in me that each and every person listening to me right now would begin a journey of falling deeper in love. They they may already be in love. They may they may already spend time, but each of us can go deeper. Each of us can can be more in love with your word, more in tune with your word, more in sync with your word, more time to ponder and meditate on your word, and and more commitment and courage to follow your ways. God, I pray that for each and every one of us. Holy Spirit of God, would you convict and compel and and give us courage and and wisdom and discernment. Help us to hear the voice of God through the words of God. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, we pray. 
Amen.